0: We are reading from two passages from God's Word this morning. The first comes from Romans 4, verses 13 to 21. It was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For if those who depend on the law are heirs, faith means nothing and the promise is worthless because the law brings wrath. And where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written... I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it has been said to him, so shall your offspring be. And Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 to 28. So, in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptised into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise.
1: Together. Am I out there? Great. Last one in our series of Better Together. It's been good, isn't it? We've done three blocks of this. This is sermon number 12 in the Better Together series. Just in our most recent series, we've done Better Together in Pilgrimage, Better Together in Prayer, Better Together in Pain. Uh, Today we're doing Better Together in the Promises of God. But we're just looking at one specific line of promise. There are so many promises of God in the Bible, but we're just looking at one specific line of promise. So, Heavenly Father, as we look at being better together in the promises of God and in specifically one promise of God, we just pray to God that you would help that not only to wash over us, but Lord, be absorbed by us into our hearts, into our minds and into our souls. We pray to God, that as we listen today to your holy word, uh, that we would walk out of here with a sense of great relief, great hope, great joy, great expectation in you and in your precious name we pray. Amen. Better together in promise. Uh, That's Vaucluse House in Sydney, and uh, I need to tell you that the original Vaucluse House, that's Vaucluse House number two, the original Vaucluse House was in fact built uh, by my great fourth great-grandmother's de facto partner. Yeah, the original Vaucluse House, uh, her name was Elizabeth McNamara, and she... Uh, was with and had a child with Sir Henry Brown Hayes and Sir Henry Brown Hayes was a real scallywag he had been they'd both been sent out to australia on the atlas in 1802 uh, he'd been very naughty he had kidnapped his potential bride she was the daughter of a very rich banker he was a part of the irish elite so he was a really big man in in that area but he decided that he liked the banker's daughter and he thought she, was, she, she should undergo a forced elopement. So he basically kidnapped her uh, with the view of marrying her and going on, and hence was caught by that and put on board the atlas uh, with my uh, fourth great-grandmother, Elizabeth McNamara, who was a part of the Irish rebellion. You know how the Irish are not so keen on the English. Uh, this was all a part of the English Irish wars of the early 1800s. She was also put on that. She was the daughter of a a great clan, the McNamara clan chieftains. So she came down on that line too. So she was in a sense, uh, daughter of the great chieftains. And he of course was the elite. So there they were stuck on this boat. And uh, the (laughs) Governor King said of uh, Mr. Brown Hayes, he said, he is a restless and troublesome character. So they moved him three kilometres up from the settlement. Where to? On the side of Vaucluse House where he built the original Vaucluse House. So I just I got a couple of questions. I'm just wondering if I have some sort of a claim. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just thinking I've been you know I've seen it from the street. I'm just thinking is there a, maybe there could be a room for me or maybe I've got a partial claim to this kind of thing. You know, well, after all it was my fourth great-grandmother's partner who built this thing I'm wondering I'm just wondering if it's too late uh, a much learned member of our church told me that I'm about I had about two weeks uh, according to <laughs> law back then to make a claim but maybe maybe I'll extend it to a couple of hundred years uh, I'm just wondering if I have I'm due some inheritance can I be included in their estate is there a promise that I could claim do I have a share of what's been established it yeah, maybe not um Here's the clan McNamara uh, castle. As I said, Elizabeth McNamara, daughter of the great chieftain, my fourth great-grandmother, sent out here for being a naughty Irish lass instead of a good English girl. Um, I'm just thinking here with this uh, Narpogue castle in Limerick in Ireland, I'm just wondering... I'm wondering the same thing. I'm just wondering if I went over there and say, "Hey, look, you know, Lizzie. Lizzie came out to Australia. I'm Lizzie's fourth great. Uh, do I have a claim here? Is it too late? Can I set up residence? Uh, is there a room for me? Do I have an inheritance? Can I be included? Is there a promise I could claim? Uh, am I due something?" And the answer would be a resounding no. So. Of course, my name is not McNamara, so I'm going to turn my attention now to the Galbraith Clan Castle, Gurulech Castle. I'm a part of Clan Galbraith Online, I tell you what, and we have been trying to do a global thing to buy the castle back. All the Galbraiths are nuts. And we just love our history and our tartan and our three pigs' heads on our, on our shield. Everybody's got eagles and lions and everything. We've got three pigs' heads on ours. And I'm just thinking that's pretty appropriate on the clan thing. That kind of reminds me of myself a bit. And here it is, and I'm just wondering the same. I wonder if, I, if we, you know, it's used for weddings and things like that, but I could just imagine myself perhaps in the turret on the right-hand side and just see what's happening. There. I don't know, maybe... Maybe we could. Maybe we could. Uh, Obviously, I've got no chance of making any of these claims. I'm due nothing. Even though I have this great, these are my ancestral lines. These are my ancestral lines. But as we sit here today, I want to say that we share an ancestral line. that has got nothing to do with these castles and pieces of housing. And we share a common ancestor. And I'm not talking about Adam and Eve. Who's the ancestor that we all share in this place, regardless of our cultural or ethnic backgrounds? We share the great ancestor of Abraham. He is the father of the Judeo-Christian religion. He is the spiritual founder of all people who have faith in the God of the Bible. And he is our spiritual father. Uh, He lived, according to scholars, at about 1800 to 2100 BC, um, we are all, according to the Scriptures, very clearly, descendants of Abraham by faith. And so I'm going to bookend my message today with the, using the same short passage twice, here and at the end. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So if you belong to Christ, you are Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. That is you as you sit here today. You are a descendant of Abraham by faith. You are included in the promises made to Abraham. Uh, We are adopted into the same spiritual family. He is the figurehead of all believers. And so we belong to Christ because we belong to the same God that Abraham believed in. It's not by DNA. It's not by lineage. It's not that you have to be born of Jewish heritage, as we know that he he was to be a father of nations We are adopted into the family by grace. And so we find that he is the father, in fact, of many nations. Let's have a look at this. Therefore, the promise by faith so that uh, may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only those who are of the Lord, the Jewish heritage, but also to all of those who have the faith of Abraham, that's us. He is the father of us all. And we're all going to say that together. He's the Father of us all. And count three, one, two, three. He is the Father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a Father of many nations. And so when we think of Abraham, we think, oh, he's the great uh, patriarch of the Jewish nation and all that kind of stuff. The promise to Abraham was that he would be the father of many nations, that Israel would be the conduit of of letting the good news go out to the world. So it was never going to be exclusively restricted to the Israelite nation, that they were to be a light to the the Gentiles uh, and to the whole world. And so we have here that he is the father of many nations. And we are a church of many nations. We live in the land of many nations. We have a mandate to reach the many nations in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Are we all? Yeah. Are we all on board with that or not? We are missional in the name of Jesus. We are missional to the many nations. We are inclusive of the many nations and we reach out to them because this is the will of God. This is the family of God. This is what it means to be the children of Abraham. That's us. Hallelujah. It's great to be here. I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom we, uh, he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being the things that are not. And so it's not, by, it's not by works, it's by faith. It's by faith and not by lineage. It's by faith we believe in the same God of the Bible. I, I've got to ask us friends, have we... Have we made that faith? Have we placed our faith in Christ? Have we become children of God? You know, you can sit here, you can sit here for generation after generation, but being inside a church doesn't make you a Christian. You know, I've got to ask you, okay, we're all Abraham's children by faith. That's very interesting. But are you? Have you placed your faith in Jesus? Have you committed your life to Christ? Have you do you rely on Jesus as Savior? And have you abdicated The rulership of your life in your daily, everyday decisions. Have you said, Jesus be the Lord of my mind, my heart, my soul? And I abdicate everything my relationships, my identity. I abdicate the rulership of my own life and I hand that over to Jesus and I I submit myself to the lordship of Jesus. He becomes my Lord and I rely on him as my saviour. I have asked him to come into the control centre of my very being. I have prayed that. I resubmit that. It's not that I did something back when I was a Teenage, Do you keep realigning yourself with that? Is Jesus still being called the Lord of your life? Are you still aligning yourself with the Lordship of Jesus? Are you on a drift away from the things that you promised as a younger person? Are you miles away from where you used to be as a Christian? He is calling us back. He's calling us back into acknowledging Yahweh, the God of the Bible, Jesus Christ, the Lord of our lives. It's it's not by the lineage of parents. We are very blessed in this church, just so good that for some of the people in this church, you are multi-generational people in this church. I'm looking around, I've seen people here for generations. Generations and generations and generations and generations generations of people, hallelujah. I'm looking at you. Kevin Crawford came here when he was two. There are generations have spawned <laughs> in this place. It's wonderful. It's the blessing. It's the greatest thing on earth to to be believers and have believing children and so forth and so on. Or we might have, like me, just come in like a tumbleweed out of from somewhere out there and been blown in through the door through the providence of God. Doesn't matter. But the thing is that God's got no grandchildren. He's only got children. And so you might have believing parents. You might have believing grandparents. I ask you again, are you a believer? Have you you actively said, you see, just being in, in amongst God's people doesn't mean you're a part of God's people. We need to say, God, I, 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 by faith, I rely, I give my life, I yield my life over to you. Coming to church is helpful, but it's not what makes us a Christian. We need to have our own faith. And then, of course, we go on to, uh, to Galatians three twenty six to 29. Uh, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. That's what I've been saying. For all of you were baptised into Christ and have clothed yourself with Christ. Therefore, there is neither Gentile nor slave nor free, uh, nor is there male or female. You're all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you're Abraham's seed. You are heirs according to the promise. And so this, this extraordinary passage, this, uh, this passage is absolutely revolutionary for our thinking and for our, our world in which we lived. Um, in, in which we live and so it talks about you be your children of God through faith we 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 hold on to that for you were all baptized into Christ have closed yourself with Christ you know friends uh, uh, do you believe the Bible says believe in the Lord Jesus hear the gospel and believe in the Je- in Jesus then it says repent from your sins then it says quite clearly the pattern of the New Testament is be baptized as a believer Have you been baptised by immersion as a believer? I want to put that challenge out to you. I'm saying this is... You see, the assumption here when Paul is writing to the Galatian church is that everybody's baptised. That's what the assumption is. Is it not? For most... Beginning in verse 27. Some, those who wished, for... All of you were baptised. And it, just, it was the biblical pattern. You heard the gospel. You repented from your sins. You believed in Jesus. You cast your hopes on him and you were baptised because baptism is an outward sign of an inner grace. It is the sign of the inner grace of forgiveness of sins. And so we're washed clean in the sight of God by our belief. Not by our baptism, by our belief. But that is symbolised... This is the result of of Jesus, the forgiveness of sins. And here in our baptistry, hidden below here, uh, is a symbol or anywhere, by the way, in a creek, in a river, in a beach, doesn't matter where you get baptised. Absolutely doesn't matter where, it doesn't matter who baptises you either, as long as I love Jesus. You're all baptised into Christ, have closed yourself with Christ. So I ask again, have you been considering being baptised as a believer? You might, have been, you might say, but I think everybody thinks I'm baptised too. I think everybody thinks I am baptised. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that for one minute. Just get baptised. Turn your consideration into a commitment and say, I am just going to follow Jesus. And a part of that is the command for Jesus to go into all the world, preach the gospel, teach them to obey what I... Uh, teach them to obey what I'm, you know, uh, my teachings. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. So I'm just going to put that out there as a challenge. I've got books on my desk. I've got them all lined up like that. If you want one, just come and talk to me. I'm ready to hand them out. So here we have this great revelation of this verse, which I love very much. You know, this this verse changes the way that we view people. I believe that the, the secret of understanding and valuing people and appreciating people, and I believe the, res- the key to smashing racism, sexism and classism is to see people just as God sees them. That's all you have to do. You've just got to see people as God sees them. So what is God when he sees people? He just sees people that he values and loves equally. And so that's why this passage, you see, there is equality in diversity. There is diversity here. There is Gentiles. There were slaves. There were free. There are male. There are female. But that's not the point. The point here is there's equality here. In the eyes of God, there is neither, you see, all one in Jesus. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. What would change in our world and in our nation if people started to see and appreciate and treat people with the value that God places upon them? You know, it doesn't matter if you're down and out or you come from whatever country, God loves all people equally. He set his heart on them, he sent his son for them. We need to get on board with how God sees people. And therefore we don't categorise them and demonise them and break them down. We just love people as God loves them. We see them as God sees them with equality and diversity. This is the gospel does this. It puts us all equal in the eyes of God. It's a wonderful thing. If you belong to Christ, full stop. Male, female, slave, free, regardless of any kind of historic background, you belong to Christ. You are Abraham's seed. You're heirs according to the promise. How many people here have got heirs? How many people here have got a fortune coming in the name of Jesus? How many people are heirs? We've got no one going to heaven in this bank. How many people want to go to heaven over? How many heirs? Got a couple of people not quite sure if they're going to go to heaven. Yeah, we need the hands up. Hands up for the people who want to have, be an heir. You got Yeah, not some. How many people here want to be an heir, a co-heir with Christ? In the kingdom of God forever, hallelujah, that's it. Don't worry about living in some stinking castle in Ireland, some stinking Vaucluse house, some stinking rotten, mouldy thing in Scotland. You are going to be living in with the living Jesus forever in the Father's house. You will live forever in the mansion of the living God and Jesus has gone to prepare a place for you. Your name is on the door. He has purchased the price of this great real estate with his own blood and he has called you to be with him Follow him with all your heart. Be baptised if you're not already do so. And let's set our our sails towards Jesus Christ. Live powerfully for him for the rest of our lives. Let us make that commitment together because we are better together in the promise of God because we're all equal and we're all heirs in Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on band, come up here.